Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the reading of the May edition of the Crestone Eagle. We're going to start with letters to the editor. Dear SLVREC members, as a residential member, it has been my honor to serve Crestone Baca on the San Luis Valley Rural Electric Co-op, SLVREC, board for the past four years. My re-election is important to preserve a balanced representation on this board. Ballots are mailed out on May 11th. Be watching for your SLVREC annual report and ballot. I am a voice for maintaining reliability and affordability while finding opportunities to improve our future. Reducing our cost of purchase power from Tri-State, 50% of our operating expense, by developing San Luis Valley generated solar. Growing new sources of revenue to offset drop in demand from irrigation due to drought. Irrigation provides 60% of co-op annual revenues. Reliability and affordability are still the primary considerations. Developing new solar, or any co-op-owned power source, is restricted to 5% by Tri-State G&T. The co-op monthly usage follows a bell curve with the peak in midsummer during irrigation season, tapering off to half on the margins. The seven months of non-irrigation could be covered during the daylight hours by SLV-generated solar, reducing our cost of purchase power. However, we would need a flexible contract from Tri-State. Risk of wildfires and power outages are at the forefront. Almost all our power comes through Poncha Pass, a vulnerable area. For this reason, a new line into the SLV is being considered. Instead, I am advocating for developing our own power generation here, possibly eliminating the need for an expensive transmission line. Also, researching microgrids, particularly for isolated communities like Creed and Crestone Baca, makes sense. SLVREC will be researching microgrids with a state grant. Learn about microgrids at the www.microgridknowledge.com website. I represent all members, residential, commercial, and agriculture. My primary aims are making our power supply more sustainable, affordable, and secure. If these are important to you, vote. I welcome your comments and suggestions. Wade for SLVREC on Facebook. Board meetings are open, held the last Tuesday of the month via Zoom or in person. The annual meeting is June 13, 2023 at the Ski High Complex in Mont Vista. All are welcome. For more information, call 719-580-3538. This was written by Wade Lockhart, Director at Large, SLVREC, and Wade's email is L-O-C-K-I-E-W at yahoo.com. And speaking of letters to the editor, we have this from the Crestone Eagle. The Crestone Eagle's letter to the editor criteria. We're glad you're part of this community. Here's how it works. Letters to the editor must be received by the 20th of the month to appear in the following month's Eagle. Length, 350 words. If your letter is longer than this, we will need to return it to you to trim. Submissions must include author's name, town or city, organization affiliation if relevant, contact information in case we have a question. Contact information will not be published with your letter. 
The decision to print any letter to the editor is completely at the discretion of the Crestone Eagle editor, and the Eagle reserves the right to edit all letters. Letters considered libelous, obscene, in bad taste, or containing personal attacks will not be printed. Form letters and letters containing long lists of names will not be printed. Anonymous letters will not be printed. Thank you letters are welcomed and encouraged, and letters regarding local news and issues will be prioritized. Because of space constraints, again, please limit your letters to 350 words. We look forward to hearing from you at via email editor at crestoneagle.com. And we have this timely article, Bears Are Waking Up. It's time to bear-proof your property. This is written by Zayla Pearson Good. Spring is here at last, and we are all looking forward to finally getting out and about. The warmer weather also means that our local black bear friends are waking up from their annual hibernation. Between March and November, it is critical that Crestone residents protect their properties and the bear population by ensuring trash, livestock, gardens, and other attractants are bear-proofed. With noses 100 times more powerful than those of humans, bears can detect scents miles away. Hungry after months of hibernation, bears will take advantage of any food source they can find. Garbage is an especially strong bear attractant. More than 50% of all property damage caused by bears has been traced to improperly secured trash, reports Colorado Outdoors. Bird feeders, compost piles, gardens, open windows and garages... Livestock and insecure chicken coops also lead to high rates of bear-induced property damage. Human-bear conflicts are unfortunately on the rise. Colorado Parks and Wildlife, CPW, saw a 16% increase in bear sightings and conflict between 2021 to 2022. While relocation is sometimes an option, euthanasia is also common practice. Sadly, nearly 100 of our state bears were put down in 2022 alone following a conflict, according to Colorado Outdoors. A little effort can go a long way in protecting local bear populations. Consider the following tips to keep these animals and your property safe. Refrain from putting garbage out until the day of pickup. Clean bins between use. You should put protective electric fencing around livestock, fruit trees, gardens, and compost piles. Keep animal food stored inside. Don't use bird feeders during bear active months, March to November. Keep fragrant items out of your car, including foods and body products. Lock your doors and windows at night. If a bear does visit your property, discourage them from returning by yelling or making high-pitched noises to scare them off. Once a bear finds an easy food source, they will return again and again. Don't incentivize a bad habit. Like all native species, black bears pay, play an important role in local ecology, balancing the food chain, dispersing seeds and enriching soil through their feces, and scavenging are just a few of the services they offer to the ecosystem. By doing your part to minimize human-bear conflict, you can contribute to the health of the entire Crestone region. And we have some opinions here. Two opposing views on Baca Incorporation idea. Proponents bypass discussion. Incorporating into a town is a life-altering decision for our community, just like getting mar married, divorced, or choosing to have a child. 
The decision to incorporate into a town should not be taken lightly or entered into without a lot of discussion about the repercussions of that decision. Every choice of governance has its pros and cons, and it's imperative that we collectively discuss what's best for the direction of our community. Unfortunately, the proponents of the new town have tried to bypass discussion and debate and simply push our community towards a yes-no vote on the issue. How can we make a decision without knowing the repercussions of that decision? The process of community informing and consensus building should have occurred well before attempting to force a yes-no vote of incorporation on our community. Thankfully, the town proponents' first attempt failed, and they are now finally open to community discussion and debate. But their underhanded attempt to force this vote on our community shows they know their plan of town incorporation doesn't hold up under scrutiny. When we scratch the surface of the idea of town incorporation, we see that it's already been thoroughly explored. In the early 2000s, the idea of town incorporation was a hot topic. A lot of time, energy, and money were invested into the feasibility study finalized in 2003. The study looked deeply into all of the various issues that needed to be resolved for municipal incorporation and concluded that incorporation was not feasible at that time for two main reasons. There would be a heavy dependency on residential property taxes to finance the municipality, and there wasn't a large enough commercial tax base to support a municipality. These facts about the feasibility of municipal incorporation are well known to the town proponents. The study is prominently featured on the home page of their website. So the question is really, what has changed in the Baca Grand community in the past 20 years that make a municipal incorporation feasible today? The Baca Grand development remains a residential neighborhood with a very minimal commercial tax base, so the conclusions of the 2003 feasibility analysis are still valid. Municipal incorporation is still not feasible. Another issue that underlies the argument for town incorporation is the idea that the Baca Grand Property Owners Association, BGPOA, will somehow magically dissolve and all of its assets will transfer to the new town. This fantasy ideation is not only permeating the new town proponents' thinking, but it also it is also featured in the original 2003 feasibility study. The BGPOA is a corporation and has its own bylaws by which it's governed. It will not simply dissolve if a municipality incorporates. The bylaws do have a provision where the members can vote to transfer assets, but there is no requirement to do so. And because the BGPOA POA is a corporation, it can only be dissolved through the process that is outlined in the Colorado Business Corporation Act, which requires a vote of the membership. Why would members vote to donate the assets of their privately owned association to a public municipality? Which leaves us with the question, where would the money come from to fund the new town? Our current property taxes go to the county, and if the BGPOA doesn't dissolve, then we continue to pay yearly dues. So, by default, the only other place funding comes from is new taxes. Creating a new town from scratch will be expensive. Current estimates are in the millions of dollars, and its continued operation and growth will soon spiral out of most of the current residents' financial capabilities. How many of us could maintain living in the Baca Grande if an additional $3,000 to $5,000 per year or more in new taxes were required? Town incorporation is a recipe for gentrification of our community, a process many communities throughout Colorado have faced. If we are not mindful of our decisions now, we inadvertently create the conditions where we get priced out of our homes. 
If we plant the seeds of a town, we are planning for development and growth in a particular way. A new town guarantees development and brings a radical change to our neighborhood. There are many developers salivating at the prospect of, of profiting the prospective profiting in creating a new Breckenridge, Crested Butte, or Salida. Did you move to Crestone for that? In all things, we reap what we sow. Many years ago, folks set up a system that got us to where we are today. Is it perfect? Of course not. We face many challenges and problems, as is natural for any community. But the system that was set up has maintained the integrity of the silence, remoteness, dark skies, and dynamic stillness that permeate the Baca. How do we steward our community now to maintain these wonderful qualities for the next 20 to 30 years? Much more community discussion needs to take place to figure out our best path forward. But it's quite clear that municipal incorporation of the Baca Grande is not appropriate for our community. This was written by the Crestone Baca Grande Preservation Society, CBGPS. And the second opinion piece, accusations of misinformation. The first petition to incorporate as a town was filed August 8, 2022. Since that time, there have been several public meetings, newspaper articles have been written, and much misinformation spread through Facebook posts. In typical fashion, it is the misinformation and the negativity that gets the lion's share of attention. The fact is, there are many good reasons for the Baca Grande to incorporate as a town. The population now hovers at 1,200 full-time residents, plus a seasonal swelling of population. Our population now exceeds other towns, such as Swatch, Minturn, and Dillon. Yet, we lack the diversity of services, amenities, jobs, and housing options that other towns enjoy. Some of the most prevalent misinformation include the claim that we need our own zip code and post office to incorporate. This is not true, as the federal government determines new zip codes and post office locations based on population density, not municipal boundaries. More misinformation states we could not receive federal funds to improve our roads without first bringing our roads up to a baseline standard. This is absurd as the point of federal funding is to take outdated infrastructure and improve it to current standards. Another misconception is that the proponents of the town wish to pave all 80-plus miles of existing roads, also untrue. A recent road survey shows the majority of respondents feel some paving, along with larger culverts or other flood mitigation efforts, is appropriate for roads that consistently wash out. In general, most residents within our community see a need for improvements to infrastructure and the addition of services. Since our area is already zoned, our residential areas would remain residential. Much information... Much misinformation has also revolved around the finances of how towns support themselves. The claim is often made that it would be impossible for the Baca Grande to support itself financially. This is ridiculous as you can find towns smaller than our proposed town that operate and sustain themselves financially, each according to a model that supports their population. The most vocal opponents of the town have made outrageous quotes on what increases in property taxes would incur what it would cost to improve roads, and other misinformation about the finances of running a town. When asked for facts, they based their information on they could provide none. After checking public voting records, it 
turns out that many of them are not registered to vote. Therefore, they cannot participate in an election on incorporation as a town. So, their goal is to spread misinformation and to bully residents to try to keep an election from happening. Their behavior aligns with the BGPOA, who also has a long history of bully tactics. This can be seen in the process of the petition to incorporate, as to date, more than $17,000 has been spent using litigation to block the petition. The BGPOA does not support the idea of incorporation. They have quoted this fact in an interview with RMPBS. Becoming a municipality solves many of the BGPOA problems, including their financial woes. As they themselves state, many members who do not pay their taxes do pay their property taxes. Municipalities can effectively deal with property owners who do not pay property taxes, as opposed to the hundreds of thousands of dollars the BGPOA spends annually on collection and other litigation against members. In fact, the BGPOA has become far too reliant on their attorney. Nowadays, the association can't even answer a question or participate in an interview without having to talk to their attorney first. Case in point, they paid Moeller Graff to help them craft their responses for the RMPBS story on the incorporation effort. In this day, when free and low-cost mediation is available, that should be the first choice in dealing with conflict with members. The heavy reliance on a law firm is inappropriate, especially given the BGPOA have allowed their own buildings to become infested and structurally unsuitable for use. These buildings repre represent assets for the membership that could be repaired and repurposed as space for things the community wants. Yes, it's true, the current board has attempted to appear to have turned a new leaf. This is due mostly to the fact that a petition to incorporate was filed. The release of my personal information, which the Eagle published, represents the notion that the status quo is more likely to persist. While becoming a municipality does not automatically dissolve the association, it does start the conversation per Article 14.2 of the Covenants, which states the membership shall have the authority to vote on the transfer of assets to the municipality, shall one be formed, that includes the development. This, It's entirely possible the association could continue to exist should a municipality be formed. However, the town would take over more responsibilities, which diminishes BGPOA responsibilities and should, by default, also diminish dues. Some people oppose becoming a town while many support it. Some remain undecided. The best path forward can only be determined through honest, thoughtful conversation and personal education. This is written by Desiree Marceau. And now we have some upcoming events to talk about. E3 hosting Mother Tree Festival to encourage stewardship. Every community needs people to speak on behalf of the butterflies and bees, the beaver, the trees. E3 Ecologic is a Crestone-based nonprofit providing a voice for the local ecosystem and stewardship solutions to restore the land to optimal integrity. The land known as Crestone was once a green paradise that has undergone major changes and desertification. The changes can be tracked and observed historically and include a number of human interventions. The trapping and removal of millions of beavers in the 1800s is one such factor. The ecosystem began to suffer without their steady workmanship and engineering as they naturally tend to the riparian zones of their areas and create much-needed wetlands. The rerouting of creeks for mining and the climate change are also factors that have injured the land, causing related concerns. Ruth Macera, spokesperson for E3 Ecologic, 
stresses the importance of people getting to know their own backyards in an intimate and relational way. Nature supports us, so we need to support nature, she says. E3 Ecologic is hosting a Mother Tree Festival at the Colorado College Baca campus May 12th to 14th. Speakers with deep history and knowledge of place, including Peter May, creator of E3 Ecologic, Hans Strong, and Jose Lucero. Learn how to locate mother trees and how to care for your own backyard ecosystems. Conservation education and demonstrations are also planned. The event will provide an opportunity to listen to the voice of the land and to explore a reciprocal relationship with nature. Space is limited. Go to the website e3ecologic.org to learn more. And turning to regional happenings, written by Layton, recurring programs at the library's pre-K story time every Tuesday at the Swatch Public Library at 10 a.m., led by awesome community volunteers, writers group every Tuesday at the Baca Ground Library at 2 p.m., cosplay for tweens and teens Tuesdays at the Baca Ground Library at 3.30 p.m., game time, self-directed every Thursday at 3.30 at the Baca Ground Library, take a break with your friends at the library, we have a variety of board games for you to play, and free food Friday all day, every Friday at both libraries. Special events, Sourdough Starting Party with Alyssa on Wednesday, May 10th at 5 p.m. at the Baca Ground Library. And family genealogy class with Carolyn the first four Mondays of May at 10.30 a.m. at the Swatch Public Library. Creststone Movement Arts, Kundalini Yoga with Nisa, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 10 to 11.30 a.m. And Contact Improv Jam with Anya, Tuesdays, 5 to 7 p.m. at White Jewel Mountain, 10 to $20 per class. Donation-based Sunday Ecstatic Dance is 11.11 a.m. to 1.11 p.m. at Baca Park, weather permitting. Come be a part of this passionate community of Crestonians who desire to learn more about themselves and others through dance and movement. Search for Crestone Movement Arts on Facebook for contacts, messenger group access, and sign up. And at Society Hall, 400 Ross, a- Ross Avenue in Alamosa, Doors open at 6.30 p.m. and shows begin at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are $20 in advance, $25 at the door. And we have Sam Robbins on Saturday, May 13th, a Nashville-based multi-instrumentalist and old soul singer and songwriter. Visit the website www.societyhall.org for information and tickets. And taking a look at the community calendar, Wednesday, May 10th, Crestone End of Life Project monthly meeting at 7 p.m. at Little Shepherd and on Zoom. Check their website, informedfinalchoices at gmail.com, for more information. On Saturday, May 13th, prayer breakfast, breakfast from 8 to 10 a.m. at Crestone Baptist Church. And on Sunday, May 14th, monthly senpai, Shumai at 2, at, sorry, at 10.30 a.m., Spiritual Light Purification and Transformation. Email info at shumicrestone.com or call 719-245-5284 for more information. Lunch is served. On Wednesday, May 17th, we have the BGWSD board meeting at 9 a.m. on Zoom. You can check their website, bacawater.org. And Tea Road Brewing offers these events Mondays, Pints and Pencils, Adult Coloring for a Cause. We have coloring sheets for sale. Proceeds are donated to Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Tuesday, Trivia or Open Poetry Night. Thursday, Open Mic Night. Friday, Karaoke. Kids from 5 to 6 and adults from 7 to close. Saturday, Live Music, 6th uh, 
On the 13th is Vinyl Night, where people bring their vinyls and a DJ spins them. On the 20th is the Crestone Community Arts Showcase, followed by the Gaia Vibes Dance Party. And on the 27th is their anniversary party with live music to be announced. Sundays at T-Road Brewing is 7th... I'm sorry, on the 14th is Nicholas Penn Live, and on the 21st, Sip and Paint with Nomi, and on the 28th, Cresto Music Festival After Party at 8 p.m. And speaking of the Cresto Music Festival, that will be held on May 28th. And we have this note from the Crestone Eagle. Join the Eagle team. Get involved and make a difference with your nonprofit community newspaper. Board of directors, editorial, sales, and community outreach positions are available full or part-time. What are your talents? Let us know. Send inquiries to director at crestoneagle.com. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, Please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.